Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're going to continue going through the book of 2 Timothy. We're in the third chapter. And let me back up to where we sort of covered the last episode to where we can set the context. Uh, Paul is saying this through the Spirit to Timothy, and he's encouraging and exhorting Timothy to do something. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 says this, Now you followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance, my persecutions, and my sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. So Paul is reminding Timothy, say, hey, you have followed me in the past. You've seen everything that I did. You see what I went through. You see how I reacted. And look how he qualifies it here. You saw my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, Faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and sufferings. And folks, that covers a lot of things in life right there, doesn't it? In other words, he says, you saw how this happened. He said, but the Lord delivered me. The Lord rescued me out of all. And then verse 12 of 2 Timothy 3, a promise that often we don't know is a promise and we don't receive it as a promise, but it says this, indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Okay. That's a promise right there. If you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will be persecuted. So he's saying that to Timothy from the understanding, hey, you've seen what's happened to me in my life. And I'm telling you that if you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, there will be some form of persecution. There will be some form of suffering. There will be something that will happen that will require you to persevere. Then verse 13, but, but, little conjunction right there, Evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's one of the reasons that you'll hear me say the phrase all the time that, uh, you know, yeah, things are bad right now, but fear not, it's going to get worse. And people say, well, where, where does it say that in the Bible? Where it says it in several ways like that right there. Remember the first verse of this third chapter. He says, realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. There's an understanding that difficulties are going to increase. Right here, he's saying that the evil man and the imposters, they're going to proceed to worse. We add the English word from bad where we can get the idea what it is. This is going to get worse and worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So the scripture tells us repeatedly to fear not. As a matter of fact, I've read this in several different places. I haven't counted it, so I don't know if it's totally true or not. But I think that the word, uh, the commandment, do not fear, appears 365 times in the Bible. Many commentaries have said that. In other words, uh, a command for every day, (laughs) that kind of idea of not to fear. We are not to fear, but we're to know that things are going to proceed from bad to worse. Deceiving and being deceived. But then Paul brings this word to Timothy and to us. Verse 14, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. So the things that you have believed, the things that you have been convinced of, the truth that you've seen through the word, through the spirit, through the body, you continue in these things. Verse 15, and that from childhood, 
you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So he's telling Timothy, he says, remember this, from your childhood, and he's mentioned this before, how his mom and grandmom had raised him, that you have known the sacred writings. Now, remember, the sacred writings at this time is what we would have called the Old Testament. They did not have the, the New Testament compiled together. The writings, some of the writings of the New Testament were about, particularly Paul's writings, because uh, this is the last letter that we have of Paul in the New Testament. And Paul wrote somewhere between 11, 12 uh, uh, books in the New Testament. But he wasn't referring to his stuff. No, he's not going to sit there and say, hey, I have written sacred scripture. No, not at all. This is mentioned in the Old Testament. Now, the reason that's important is this. It says, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so the Old Testament will give us wisdom that will lead to salvation through faith, not salvation through works, which quite often we think of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant being totally uh, work-oriented. You have to adhere to this law and that law and this sacrifice and that sacrifice. He's saying no. He said it's the sacred scriptures that are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith and the faith in Christ Jesus, not faith in the law, not faith in self, not faith in Judaism or anything like that, but faith in Christ Jesus. It is the Old Testament that does that. The New Testament does it also. But the reason I'm making such a big deal about it is so often people uh, in, uh, as Christians will say something like, well, I'm a New Testament believer. We're a New Testament church. So we really don't study, know anything about the Old Testament. Most churches don't know anything about the Old Testament to their detriment. You really can't understand the New Covenant if you don't understand the Old Covenant. And then Paul sort of doubles down on this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Very familiar passage, but now we know the context. It says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Now, like I said, it's a very familiar passage, and sometimes that spirit of familiarity robs us of insights. And we would do well just to stop for a moment and reflect upon each letter of this thing, okay? He's saying all Scripture is inspired by God. Too often we want to skip over the begats, you know, the, the, the passages about the lineages, or sometimes you get into a thing where it's talking about what happened with this battle and that battle, and the king of the north and the king of the south, that kind of stuff you see like in Daniel chapter 11. And you say, well, how in the world is that useful? He's saying this is all inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God. And all of it is profitable for teaching. You cannot understand what's going to be happening in the last days, just historically and logistically, if you don't understand Daniel chapter 9. The begats, okay, the genealogies and things like that, give us tremendous insight into the family lines and how the, uh, the, the families traveled all over the world. I mean, it's amazing the detail you get out of that, okay? But also, the Scripture is profitable for teaching, but for reproof, okay? Reproof, okay? That is an interesting thing for correction, for training in righteousness. You know, the Scripture calls itself over in uh, Hebrews, isn't it, a two-edged sword? Yeah. Yeah, the, the Spirit of God, the Word of God, a two-edged sword type of thing for reproof, for correction, for training us in righteousness. 
by position, we are righteous. When you repent, confess, and call upon the name of the Lord, he declares you to be righteous. But then being trained in that righteousness, growing in that righteousness. Then verse 17, so it's a man of God. And this is speaking of mankind, man and woman. So it's a man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. You want to be adequate? You want to be equipped? You want to be able to do the work that God calls you to do? Then you need to know the scripture. You need to know what the scripture says, the old covenant and the new covenant, the sacred writings. He is encouraging and exhorting Timothy to know this. Why? Because evil times are coming. Evil men and imposters will proceed from bad words. The evil men are the ones out in the world that are easy to point to. The imposters are the evil that are among us, the tear among the wheat. Quite often they'll be in leadership positions. And what are they doing? They're deceiving and they're being deceived. But the one who knows the word, the one who knows the second sacred writings, will have the wisdom of the Lord, will have understanding, and will be adequate and will be equipped for every good work. Well, time is up. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you for being with me, and I'll see you again next time.